It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The Locked On NFL podcast is previewing every team and every division with the help of Odyssey's lineup of NFL experts through September the 8th. There are preview episodes on the feed that you can listen to right now. Follow Locked On NFL today on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. You are Locked On Washington football team. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're locked on the Washington football team with the Locked On Washington football team podcast. I'm David Harrison. He's Chris Russell. We are your hosts of this show. If you haven't already, please follow or subscribe to the podcast. Leave a rating, leave a review. It'll help other fans of the Burgundy and Gold find us just like you did when we're not here. Find Chris over the Team 980, 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, with his co-host Pete Methurst. Also find Russell Methurst on the Odyssey app. You can also find this show on the Odyssey app. On Twitter, find Chris at Russellmania621. Find me at D Harrison. 82 and find the show at locks WFT pod. And by the way, that's Chris C H R I S K R I S. You know, I have a good high school friend, buddy of mine, a former Marine who, whose uh, name is K R I S. Anyway, um, Chris, real quick for those. Wait, 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 wait a second. You're going to have to tell the little backstory to this. So I don't know the whole story anyway, but I did catch some Twitter traffic yeah. and you and a couple. Of- uh, all right. Let me tell the quick yeah, backstory. Yeah. Uh, so twice in the last 24 hours, I've been, I've been called Chris by a, or spelled out or addressed on Twitter by a different spelling of my real name, which is, oh, by the way, up on my Twitter feed. It's not like hard to figure out how to spell it. And one guy uh, from Sunday, not the guy from Saturday night, uh, one guy knows, and this is a long running bit, but for whatever reason, I haven't muted him. And for whatever reason, I still fight with him. So that's the story in a nutshell. Washington football fans get a little salty with me, David, (laughs) when I start digging in on my opinions. I've noticed. I have noticed. And and, I mean, it's it's all good when it's respectful. Uh, You know, we all have kind of our resident trolls. Um, I've, I've had mine across, you know, the years and, and, uh, I actually kind of enjoy mine. I kind of hold them near and dear to my heart and, and I appreciate them. Uh, but yeah, so, uh, I don't, I don't know people, sometimes people have too much to do, uh, with their time, but Chris starting off the week here, obviously the Washington football team, final preseason game of the year, uh, losing very badly to the Baltimore Ravens is in the book. We did drop an immediate episode, uh, Saturday night reacting to the game. But for those who didn't catch the game and didn't catch that episode, uh, let's kind of give them a real quick recap and then talk about one thing that we didn't talk about yesterday, which is the kicking situation with Dustin Hopkins and his uh, ongoing processes, as it were. Yeah. So, um, so, so I'll start here if you don't mind, uh, you know, just being at FedEx field, not surprising uh, there were more Ravens fans than Washington football fans by unofficial count, and that's everyone's unofficial count in the press box. Um, again, this probably shouldn't be surprising. There's a lot of Lamar Jackson fans, number one, and then there's a lot of Ravens fans, and Ravens fans have kind of penetrated slowly and slowly uh, over the years further down into Southern Maryland, where, of course, 
FedEx field is located. And even if they're in Baltimore or north of Baltimore or whatever of Baltimore, it's certainly an easy drive for them to get to a preseason game, uh, whereas maybe getting to a regular season game might not be as easy uh, at the Ravens home stadium. So that's number one. Number two, it was a disaster, 37 to three. By any measurable standard, David, it was a horrible night. Uh, There was very little to be positive about. Um, Ron Rivera tried to spin it. Uh, I asked him a question as we addressed on that immediate analysis episode about the first drive uh, against Lamar Jackson, who carved them up uh, until really, um, you know, J.K. Dobbins got hurt and unfortunately lost for the season with the torn ACL on a tackle by Jimmy Moreland. you know, and then they 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 kind of bowed their necks, if you will, and came up with two sacks and forced a missed field goal. Uh, that was really the highlight of the night for the Washington football team. There really wasn't much on offense with the exception of what we're going to talk about here in just a sec. Uh, and I don't even know if you could call that a highlight. Yeah, overall, just not a good day. I mean, I think on an individual level, maybe like David Botta had a pretty good uh, performance. Tim Settle showed that he can be an Iron Man for this team playing you know, every defensive snap, a whole lot of football, which Ron Rivera, you know, acknowledged uh, in his post-game press conference. And that, you know, to a certain extent does explain a little bit of what you saw on the field there. For one, the time of possession, just incredibly, incredibly uh, lopsided in favor of the Baltimore Ravens and Tyler Huntley and his unit. So obviously that defense getting gassed. But then also, I think I think Ron said uh, they had 28 players, 29 players, maybe that did not play at all in the final preseason game. So the rest of those guys had to pick up that slack and they're already kind of you know lower lower parts of the depth chart. So um, a lot of a lot of things to witness. Of course, if, if people didn't see the game, they're probably not looking to find it anywhere. I know we had one Twitter follower who uh, listened to the immediate reaction and said, and he voiced his appreciation. Said, "Great, now I don't have to watch it." So I, he heard everything he needed to hear in our episode. So happy we could lend that service to at least one listener out there. Uh, but Chris, Dustin Hopkins has, has been a conversation during the off season during the training camp, during the preseason, and then obviously in this final game, missing a 55-yarder, which reportedly was blocked, right? So I'm, I'm curious on this, actually, because I, I watched it happen live, obviously, and at first, you know, I, I thought the same thing. I think Joe Theismann also said he's like, you know, he's like, that had to have been blocked. It just was was really ugly kick. Really only got, like, one replay angle from the television broadcast, and from that angle, it did not look like it had been blocked. It just looked like Dustin Hopkins basically just pooched mm-hmm. it. I mean, he basically punched it right in the middle of the ball and just line drive, you know, uh, hit, hit, a, hit a liner to second base, essentially. Um, but then I've seen some other media members, and I actually saw a picture. I'm not sure if you were in it because I didn't inspect it enough to see if you were in the picture as well. But a whole lot of people in the press box huddled around a monitor trying to see if that thing was blocked. What is your take on Dustin Hopkins 55 yard? Was it blocked? Was it not blocked? And does it matter? All right. So a couple of things here. One, I was not in that picture because I'm all the way at the other end of that row uh, in the press box. So that's so 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 to be clear, I'm I'm not in that picture. Um, number two. Here's what I uh, we asked Dustin Hopkins after the game when he spoke with us in the press conference room. He wasn't sure if it got blocked as of late Saturday night. Uh, Number three, here's what I know. I was watching the kick. Obviously, there was a low trajectory um, because of the length of kick 55 yards. You, You don't boot something like that high up into the air and, 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 and all that. Um, so the referee 
who has the most immediate vantage point because he's right there immediately, immediately signaled that it was blocked. And I mean, that's what I saw. I could not tell on the replay, just like you, David, uh, just like I think most people. And again, Dustin Hopkins didn't even know, according to what he said on Saturday night. So I'll have to leave it as, hey, like there was something that, you know, kind of went wrong here. And maybe it was a fingertip. Maybe it was a slight little nudge, whatever it was. The referee immediately signaled, not that it was not good, but immediately signaled that it was deflected. So I have to assume that he saw something clear and definitive until we get some sort of ruling over uh, overturned or, or something along those lines. Which we're not going to because pretty yeah. easy. Nobody actually. Right. And, and real quickly, I would just say Dustin Hopkins said his process, D David, w was terrible on that. Yeah. He rushed. He didn't go through his same mental process that he normally goes through. Uh, he tried to explain it eloquently to the media uh, last night. He was really good about it. Uh, Dustin Hopkins is a wonderful, wonderful dude. And he's going through a hard time with his family right now. His brother-in-law is sick. So we certainly wish the best. Uh, for him, obviously, but he tried to, ex you know, break down every little angle of it. The bottom line is, is he said he did not go through his normal progression, the normal mental progression that he feels he needs to go to even after all these years uh, in order to make a kick. Now, I mean, does that mean every missed kick is going to be because of that? No, but in this particular case, he's saying it's because of that. And, and, and the good news on that aspect, right, is it's not on the rookie long snapper. And that's that's really, I think, and, and Ron talked about that as well in his presser is that, you know, he really didn't even care if Dustin Hopkins made the 55-yarder. First of all, that's that's at a range that, I mean, you, nobody sends a, a field goal kicker out there for a 55-yard field goal saying we have to have, like, that's not a situation where you just want to guarantee the points because 55-yarders are, are very hard to make for any kicker. Ron wanted to see the process, and that's why this word has become so popular. And Dustin talks about the process. So Dustin Hopkins being the veteran kicker, he knows what he needs to do. And in theory, you know, when when the games are on the line and it's a regular season, he's going to go through those processes. Hopefully that's, you know, that's a situation where he's kind of learned his lesson, said this is what happens when I don't do what I normally do, so I'm going to go through and do it. And to Ron's credit, what he, what he said again, talking about, again, that process that 48 yarder was beautiful. That, that was a thing of beauty. I mean, it wasn't, you know, right down the middle or anything, but it was well within the uprights. It, 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 you know, it looked good from the second that it left the foot. That's the kind of thing you want to see. I think what people are concerned about is, you know, is this going to be a thing where in the regular season, he's got to miss one before he can make one, in which case you're always going to be losing three points off your scoreboard. My question, Chris, is, is this surprising at all considering what this team went through last year with the lack of competition you know, in Ron's word, a quarterback that he's also he's kind of transferring like he 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 said that he learned his lesson with the quarterback competition last year. But then we see zero competition for a kicker when most teams, even if there's not a competition, even if you have Justin Tucker on your team, you still bring in a camp leg, right. at least just to have a camp leg. Are you surprised that Ron basically let this position go without any kind of competition? Yeah, I've been thoroughly surprised throughout the offseason. We, you know, we've we, we've we've touched on this before camp. Uh, and I remain surprised, quite honestly, just the example you brought up. I mean, you know, Baltimore, maybe it's just to give uh, Tucker a little bit of a break, but maybe it's just to remind him that nobody and remind him and the team that nobody's job is set in stone. Uh, sometimes you got to play mind games 
in the NFL. Sometimes you have to do what you have to do. I don't know Harbaugh's reasoning for it. I'm sure he's been asked about it, but the bottom line is, is he also was a former special teams coordinator, so he values it uh, probably a little bit more. All right, this is the Locked On Washington football team podcast. Uh, coming up, we have a quick uh, unofficial, official, official, unofficial word on who the starting quarterback is for the Washington football team. But along with David Harrison, I'm Chris Russell telling you guys that North One is better banking for small business owners. Serving small business owners is all they do. North One allows you to manage your money from anywhere, whether you're at home or on the go. Everything you need to manage your business finances is at your fingertips. Never step foot in a bank branch again. In addition to the features you'd expect like mobile check deposit cash withdrawals and the ability to send and receive ACH and wire payments, North One is an FDIC insured account that can save you both time and money. Guys, North One integrates with the accounting software that you already use, saving you hours of manual bookkeeping. And North One's envelope feature can allow you to automatically budget and save for things like rent, payroll, taxes, and more. North One allows you to never pay overdraft or NSF fees again, saving you hundreds of dollars per month. To get started, visit apply.northone.com slash locked. That's apply.n-o-r-t-h-o-n-e.com slash locked. North One, business banking made for America. The Locked on Washington football team podcast also brought to you in part by betonline.ag. It's that time of year again. All eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. And as always, betonline.ag is your number one spot for all your pro and college football action this season. Get all your updated odds, props, and contests including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest. Open now at betonline.ag. Head to the website, sign up today, and receive a 100% welcome bonus when you use the promo code Locked On. Also, be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. You make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25.00. For new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100, BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. Take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, this is the Locked On Washington football team podcast, along with David Harrison. I'm Chris Russell at dharrison82 on Twitter, at Russellmania621, the podcast at LockWFTPod. Uh, David, just a quick note, Ian Rappaport reported the most obvious thing to anyone and everyone that's been paying attention in Washington football land that Ryan Fitzpatrick is the starting quarterback. Uh, this doesn't even really deserve a mention, but I guess it's for everyone else around America that doesn't necessarily follow this team I guess that's the only thing there was no competition everyone knew Ryan Fitzpatrick was going to be the starter therefore we haven't spent a whole lot of time on it but that leads us into our projected mock 53-man roster with cut down coming four o'clock eastern time on Tuesday to 53 and then a bump back up over the next 24 hours or so to about 69 on the practice squad total with the practice and active roster. So we're going to go through the offense first, uh, and I'm going to project 
Um, just the names that I wrote down, and then David obviously is going to weigh in after we get through the offensive unit uh, for quarterback. Of course, I have Ryan Fitzpatrick, Taylor Heineke, and Kyle Allen cutting Steven Montez. Running back, I took four, Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick, Peyton Barber, and Jarrett Patterson. Wide receiver, I took six, Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, Adam Humphreys, Deami Brown, Cam Sims, and Antonio Gandy-Golden with a note that that's who I think they're going to take. I personally would take Dax Milne. We'll get um, David's thoughts on this in a sec. Tight end, three. I took Logan Thomas, obviously, Bates the rookie, fourth rounder, and Samus Reyes. And again, with a note, I would lean slightly towards Ricky Seals-Jones, but I believe they'll take the upside in Samus Reyes. And finally, on offense, I took nine offensive linemen, even though Ron said ideally he would like to take 10. Charles Leno Jr., Eric Flowers, Chase Roulier, Brandon Sheriff, Sam Cosme. I think that's pretty uh, understood. Cornelius Lucas, Sadiq Charles, Wes Schweitzer. And my ninth is Tyler Larson for a total of 25 on offense. David? Yeah, it kind of makes you wonder what they're talking about inside the organization because Ron Rivera, you know, talked to media on Sunday and and they asked him about kind of about the process and how injury histories and injury experiences are going to weigh into the decision on who makes the roster, who doesn't. And he said it's going to have a huge impact. So you have to believe three quarterbacks are coming onto this roster uh, because when you look at recent injury history, well, it doesn't shine any brighter than at the quarterback position. So Ryan Fitzpatrick, the starter, Again, like you said, no surprise to anybody except for maybe those outside Washington who only saw Washington's playoff game with Taylor Heineke. Maybe there's a little bit of surprise there. Kyle Allen uh, coming in that, that as that third guy. And like we've said before, if Ryan Fitzpatrick goes down, it doesn't really matter who's in what order. At the end of the day, they're going to play the quarterback. I think gives them the best opportunity to win, whether that's Heineke or Allen. It could go either way depending on the competition. What I really like on, on this offensive breakdown is the four running backs. I've seen a lot of fans – and some of his Facebook chatter, some of his Twitter, and a lot of people have kind of created within the social media realm this battle between Peyton Barber and Jared Patterson for the third, and I guess what a lot of people think is going to be the last running back spot. And I don't, I think that they carry four running backs. I think Antonio Gibson, JD McKissick, Peyton Barber, Jared Patterson, they all bring specific things to the running back group and to the offense that you want to keep on this roster. And I think Jared Patterson, obviously the star of the preseason, even though he struggled a little bit. Uh, over the weekend against the Ravens is that fourth guy. And and it's not at the expense of Peyton Barber. It's with Peyton Barber. And then uh tight end position, I would go Ricky Seals-Jones. I love what Samus Reyes brings as far as potential, the athleticism, the energy. And that's why I think you're correct. And Washington's going to go with Samus. I would go Ricky Seals-Jones, put Samus on the practice squad uh, for at least a year. But I mean, I don't have a disagreement on And I'm not expert enough on offensive linemen to go too deep into the depth chart. Like, you know, with, with these guys, but I, I don't honestly disagree with anything. I know that's boring for our listeners, but that's just the truth. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it, it doesn't have to be boring. It has to be right, you know, or, or exciting. It has to be, uh, I guess, rooted in common sense. And I think, you know, again, you can reasonably argue a lot of things. I know the Washington post has seven receivers and, and only three running backs and they cut Peyton Barber. And, you know, I, I mean, everybody sees things a little bit different and we're all trying to be a little bit different. 
that being said, uh, you got to kind of go with your gut. All right, real quickly on defense, and we'll do and we'll expand more on this uh, on on the Tuesday episode when the actual cuts are, are are coming because we might have some news and notes throughout the day on Monday, even though the team doesn't have media availability. So Chase Young, Montez Sweat. Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, Matt Ioannidis, Tim Settle, James Smith-Williams, and I went with the wild card, Daniel Wise, which means uh, they don't bring David Bada, which means they don't bring Shaka Tony or William Bradley King, either of the two seventh rounders. More on that in a sec. Jamin Davis, Cole Holcomb, John Bostick for the three starting linebackers for a total of six. I got to Kalik Hudson, Jared Mayo, uh, and Jordan Kanasik. I went with him as my sixth linebacker, again, figuring in special teams. Corners, I have six. William Jackson the third, Kendall Fuller, Benjamin St. Just, Jimmy Moreland, Troy Apke, and Tori McTire. Now, McTire, obviously, that's going to depend on what kind of concussion protocol he's dealing with. Uh, so that is a very fluid situation as we speak. Landon Collins is my first of five safeties, Cameron Curl, Bobby McCain, DeShazer Everett, and I went with Jeremy Reeves beating out Derek Forrest, thinking Forrest has a hamstring he's got to deal with. Again, similar situation to McTire, but I think McTire has shown a lot more, and Reeves, uh, I think, is a favorite of this coaching staff. So I went 11 total defensive backs, David, again, for a total of 25 on defense. Yeah, I think that the real tipping point on this part of the roster is that battle on the defensive line between Shaka Tony, David Botta, and, and Daniel Wise. I don't really know. Like, I don't have uh, – me personally, like, I would – I like what Shaka Tony brings from, like, a, in a vacuum. David Botta's production there at the end. I mean, it's it, you could go either way with it. I don't think there's a wrong answer uh, when you're projecting something like this. It's just going to be what the coach is – uh, prefer, you know, uh, ultimately over the rest of them that, that gives one of those guys the spot and then Jeremy Reeves. And that's, that's kind of, that's where I expected. If I, if I expected us to have a difference of opinion on the defense, I would expect to be Jeremy Reeves. I know some people have uh, projected Derek Forrest to make that roster. And then yeah, Troy Apke making it again. I mean, I know a lot of people, you know, I saw JP Finley tweet over the weekend too, that a lot of people aren't going to like that Troy Apke makes this roster, but there he is mm-hmm. making the roster. And I can't argue against it. And then Tory McTire. Yeah. I mean, you hope that concussion is not as bad as it could be, um, and that he gets to continue his play because he's definitely earned a spot. Yeah, and I also have them cutting Danny Johnson under this initial one. Now, again, that could change um, if if McTire, if they think he's going to be lost for a couple of weeks or what have you, depending on the severity uh, of the concussion. Again, he went out early on Saturday night, but that, again, could affect also the kick returner. Uh, right now, I have Dustin Hopkins, Tressway, and Cameron Cheeseman as the three main specialists, and I project – uh, Jared Patterson as the kick returner and Dax Milne, who's not on the active roster, but being promoted early in weeks one and two. Uh, if he clears waivers and signs back to the practice squad, remember they can go from uh, 46 to 48 on the active game day roster, 53 to 55 if they want. So that's our roster projections. We'll have more on that on the Tuesday episode. And then of course, all the reaction to the cuts after they are made. Absolutely. And of course, that this is the last administrative. I mean, it's not a final 53-man roster because it's very much the initial 53-man roster. This active roster is going to take on many shapes and forms throughout the season. So if one of your favorite players gets cut or waived or goes to practice squad, 
don't fret. It's it's it, there's possible it's possible they come back anyway. And Chris, it seems like every single weekend, uh, preseason especially, people are wondering where can I watch the game. I would see people on social media asking if there's a place to stream it. So does this sound familiar to everybody out there? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login or your co-host login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together, and it's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorite sports together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports movies and shows all in one place i am a longtime direct tv customer myself it means no more juggling remotes no need to buy another device ever again and the best part there's no annual contract so get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your tv together with direct tv stream you can learn more at directtv.com that's directtv.com compatible device required content varies by package all right what's your favorite built bar flavor uh, when you talk to a Built Bar fan, they might have more than one. I think that's safe to say for David and I. Uh, I love so many of the different Built Bar flavors. I literally could have all of them and not be satisfied. And I've got a whole cabinet full because I just restocked a couple of weeks ago. And I like to take my time, whether it's peanut butter brownie, raspberry cheesecake, whether it's coconut almond, strawberry, uh, even the orange, chocolate orange is good. Doesn't sound like it would be that appealing. Trust me, guys, it's good. Double chocolate, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, whatever flavor is your flavor of choice, you can get it at built.com or you can Get a mixed variety box. Whatever you want to do, just go check it out on their great and easy-to-use website, Built.com. And the best news of all, Built Bars have high grams of protein, low in calories, very low in sugar and net carbs, like less than five grams of net carbs and sugar per bar. You can't beat it for a late-night dessert replace that bowl of ice cream or a meal replacement, guys. Go to built.com and use the promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off at built.com. Wrapping up today's episode of the Locked on Washington football team podcast, starting off the week here with David Harrison and Chris Russell on Twitter, at dharrison82, at russellmania621, and the show is at LockedWFTPod. And Chris, like we do on so many other episodes, we've got a voicemail from a Washington football team fan and a listener of the Locked On WFT podcast. So let's hear from Todd in Utah. Hey, this is Todd from Utah. Uh, what up, WFT fans? So my question is regarding the tight ends. How often do we actually use the third tight end in a season or in a game situation? Uh, and my question is, is Jeremy Sprinkle, is he a third tight end or a and, and uh, so what I wonder is, if we don't use the third tight end all that often in actual game time situations, then is it worth taking a shot on a dynamic rookie with huge upside, or, or I should say moderately huge, big upside, uh, or going with the more traditional ones that you feel like can add a little more to the team uh, currently? You know, I don't know if it's a position that's not used all that often that, that maybe it's worth taking, you know, trying to develop somebody who's got some potential. That was kind of a thought there. Uh, also, as a, as a long-time Redskins or WSG fan, uh, I find myself at that verge of nervousness that I have every year. Uh, every year I get hyped up and get excited, uh, follow David's advice, and, and just get 
stoked about the possibilities of the new season, enjoyed the, the, the preseason and all that fun stuff. And then the season hits and I find myself waiting for the, the crash, waiting for the, the collapse of a team that I love like they've done for so many years. Uh, and so I guess I just got that little bit of nervousness behind me. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe with all the additions that they've gotten, all the potential that they've gotten, all the good press that they've gotten recently, there's part of me that's a little bit nervous that, that uh, you know, maybe we're, maybe we're setting ourselves up for a pretty disappointing fall. Don't get me wrong. Did a fantastic offseason, did a blast. And for me, that's something that I love. But, uh, I don't know, just a little bit of nerves. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we really just kind of knock it out of the park and, and, and do well and represent well and another year closer to what we're really looking for. Anyways, thanks, Todd from Utah. Always good to hear from you guys. Thanks. All right. Thank you, Todd. Appreciate it. As always, um, we'll let you know in just a sec how to get in on the voicemail. David, you did some research uh, and provided some interesting numbers, courtesy of our friends at PFF on the third tight end. Yeah. And so for the 2020 Washington football team, Logan Thomas, your number one tight end, played just over a thousand snaps of offense, 22 snaps on special teams. Jeremy Sprinkle was the second highest offensive contributor with 218 snaps on offense. Also, 224 snaps on special teams. So he led the tight end group in special team snaps. Marcus Baugh was third with 79 offensive snaps, 28 special team snaps. And then Tamaric Hemingway, 62 offensive snaps, 96 special team snaps. So Tamaric Hemingway, actually your second highest tight end on special teams. So what does all that mean? In reality, what it means is that the Washington football team is going to use as many tight ends as they have to to get the job done. That's, that's pretty much every team. The third tight end on this team, Chris, I think is going to have a role. I just think it's going to be more of a special teams role, which actually kind of lets you go with Samus Reyes because he has that raw athleticism, excitement, and energy that you need on special teams while he develops as a pass catcher. Yeah, I, no, I think that's a good point. Uh, but one thing I, w- I, would, I would say is, you know, I've seen them use 13 personnel a lot in training camp. Uh, for those that aren't familiar, one back, three tight ends, um, you know, as opposed to, uh, you know, your, your, your more traditional 11 personnel or even your 12 uh, personnel package with two tight ends. So, I mean, I think they would like to do that. Now they can get around using three tight ends on the field at the same time by Sadiq Charles, who they are also using as a jumbo offensive lineman and a lot of heavy sets, uh, that type of thing. But uh, to, to me, you're, John Bates is obviously going to play more than Jeremy Sprinkle, Marcus Ball, and Merrick Hemingway probably did combined last year. Uh, I would assume he's going to play in the 400s, somewhere in that range, and contribute on special teams as the number two tight end, clearly the rookie fourth-round pick. And then the question is, is again, with, with, with Samus Reyes or Ricky Seals-Jones, how much they play, how much they're needed. Again, I would, I would imagine they're more used in goal line type situations when you want to go heavy, even though you're dictating, uh, again, by going jumbo that you're likely going to run, maybe you can use one of those guys to catch a ball out of a flat release, that type of thing. So to me, I, I think the third tight end is probably going to play, you know, 150 snaps at most, at most this year. That would be my guess. Um, and, and again, it would be a, a combined thing. And like you said, mostly on special teams. All right. Good question from Todd in Utah. I, I think everybody should just 
hold on uh, and just calm down. Take a deep breath. We have a long way to go here, even though we're less than two weeks to the season opener. Don't you know that betting on the Washington football team, the the National Football League or, or college football, for that matter, doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen uh, to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts. Again, if you have a question or a topic you want to discuss, just like Todd Utah did, we appreciate him and others weighing in. You can do so two ways. Voicemail 301-615-3577, 301-615-3577, or via email, lockedwftpod at gmail.com. That's lockedwftpod at gmail.com. For David Harrison, I'm Chris Russell. Thanks for listening, downloading, subscribing, and sharing for being with us right here on the Locked On Washington football team podcast. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.